Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Go To There, 30 Rock Podcast, a weekly chronological journey through 30 Rock, looking at the jokes, the references, the highs, the lows, and all the blurbs that come with one of the best shows of the 21st century. As always, I'm your host, Curtis Stone, and joining me is... David Amick. And welcome to episode 106, season 3, episode 3, entitled Idiots Are People 3, originally airing January 26th, 2012. David, if you would please give us a quick summary slash synopsis of this episode. After Chris discovers that his secret funder is actually Liz's boss, he demands that Liz choose between him and Jack. And while Liz picks him, she shares her reservations, which causes him to doubt their relationship. Meanwhile, in order to get Devin Banks to stop his attacks on NBC following Tracy's controversial comments, Jack pulls favors to get Devin's children into preschool. And then finally, there's a subplot with Kelsey Grammer that happens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it continues the Pete, Liz, uh, Jenna, and Kenneth storyline. Still, I, I don't know why. Like, I don't know why that story felt it needed two episodes. I just, anyway, we, we could talk about that later, but yeah. That's, that's a good summation of that plot, is it exists. That's kind of all you need to know. Man, this is definitely like that era of 30 Rock where I sincerely forgot this episode. Like nothing, I remember nothing about this episode watching. I remember, like one, I, I remember one iconic moment, oh, okay. Denise Richards' single, but... Uh, Her 16-minute plus single? Exactly, yeah. Jesus. But apart from that... Uh, yeah, I, I didn't really remember much no. about any of this. Like, even after watching last week's episode, I was like... And then going into this one, I did not remember Devin Banks was in this episode. I did not remember Kathy Guy shows up. I didn't remember Kelsey Grammer does a one-man show about Abraham Lincoln. None of it. Like, it was like watching it for the first time. And I gotta say, I didn't really enjoy it. Um, it wasn't bad. It was just like... I don't know, like... Like, there felt like there was nothing to gain from it. It just felt like a pointless episode. Yeah. I think that, actually, in multiple plot lines, this episode was, like, sort of a victim of something that worked really well the first time, but, like, extending it. Because, like, in the... I thought the last episode, Idiot's People 2, like, was a good episode. But it's, like, they it was almost like, you know, they thought it went so well that they continue the plot to another episode but it's like it didn't work as well the same thing with the kelsey Grammer stuff like his first appearance with the the was a cake shop or a donut shop mm-hmm. like the cake scam shop. or whatever yeah the fraud. best friends game. yeah the best yeah yeah like that was like, that was another case where like that went really well so i guess they were like oh let's you know do it again and see what happens but it's like it's another in, in both cases just kind of like trying to extend what worked the first time didn't just yeah. didn't work as well the second it time. It felt like half-baked. Like, it just felt like there was no enthusiasm. And it just felt like there was no yeah. oomph behind it. It was just like, yeah, I don't know. We have to fill a plot somehow. I, it just, like, I don't know. However, I, the the 10-second clip we get of Denise Richards' single does make the entire episode for me. Because, I mean, that really is one of the, the probably top 10 things, like, I remember from... 30 Rock watching it years and years ago. Uh, I'd personally I'd forgotten about it completely, but I'm glad it has a lasting legacy. Well, cuz it's just so silly and ridiculous. Yeah, what is, what is love cuisine? What is swimming that? pool. So she's just saying the swimming pool, yeah. the swimming pool. Wow. Towels. <laughs> I guess I could have I could have figured it from context clues, but yeah. I mean, I, I think with the whole Liz Tracy Denise Richards storyline 
it just wraps up so easily too like all they literally say is just please apologize and for whatever reason they couldn't do that in the last episode so they stretched it out into this episode i just it was like having having liz and jack in two different plot lines that didn't also bleed into each other if that makes sense like last week we knew jack was aware of the the protests but he didn't really seem to offer much advice to liz and then this episode he's more focused on the other side of it with Devin. that he, i don't think he and liz even talk about it much in this episode but liz is also juggling the whole chris situation so it's like i feel like it was just too they were too thin I don't know. It's just oh, you're right. In the plot summary, I didn't even I didn't even talk about besides mentioning the Denise Richards cutaway song that right that Liz also has to deal with the 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 Tracy's idiot's revolt and yeah. has to issue an apology that they write that they write. Yeah, I mean it's just like to them. Yeah, I just felt like something like they had a really strong first half of a script and they were like oh no we have to end this and they were like well we got to make it a two-parter it's just it's such i mean it's it's a highly rated episode of the series but i I wouldn't put it in my list on anything i just think it's kind of like immediately forgettable but there's still moments in here uh like the fact that the apology that they have for liz is not written on a piece of paper that it's written on an etch sketch which It's an extra level of stupidity and things like that. And then, you know, Kathy Geis showing up again and them and uh, Jack and Devin having to create a new ad that just involves the new mascot for NBC as a unicorn. Because why not? Like, there's there's really good 30 Rock moments in this episode, but I didn't remember any of them. It's not... I don't know. Anyway, any other thoughts before we hop in? Let's... Dive in. Into the La Poussine? Yes. Plusine? La Poussine. La Poussine. Okay. Am I hitting it too hard? Poussine? Pissine. Pissine. Puss, like P- pissing. It's P I S C I N E, I think. Pissing. So. Pissine. Pissine. They're still mad. We sent Elton and David a honey baked ham. What more do they want? I'm joined now by one gay rights advocate who isn't sure Jordan and NBC have learned their lesson. Devin Banks, welcome. Thank you, Thomas. I haven't seen you since Michael Coors New Year's Eve masquerade. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. Let's dive in. Banks! Hey, try this. New recipe. We got your talk. How fresh is that dog? Yesterday, that was the face, feet, and colon of a pig. I'm so fired up, Liz. I got some cash now. I can finally make a down payment on a real food truck. Yeah, the van's not great. All right, kids, who wants some? Get in my van. Is there a problem, officer? But you can't take that money. What? Why not? Because the guy who wrote you the check, he's my boss. And he doesn't really care about the hot dog truck or locally sourced pig sweepings. He just needed an excuse to meet you. Wait a minute, you know Jack? Why would he want to pay $10,000 to meet me? Because I didn't want him to meet you. He inserts himself into my business whether I want him to or not, and now he's inserting himself into this. Well, that's what she said, but why wouldn't you want him to meet me? You're embarrassed of me? No, it's not me. It's him. I didn't want him to lecture me about how you don't have a job and your name is spelled wrong and you went to Wesleyan. Wesleyan is the Harvard of Central Connecticut. Yale is the Harvard of Central Connecticut. And that locked and loaded, didn't you? 
Well, you know what? This isn't a Jack problem. I think this is a Liz problem. Because you wouldn't care what he thought unless you agreed with him. Like, you're so perfect. Let's not do this. You don't say cholesterol correctly. Cholesterol. You're a 41-year-old woman who cheats at board games. You don't use the tab closures on cereal boxes. If you think those are doing anything to seal in freshness, you are living in a fantasy world, pal. Forget it. This is a good day, Liz. I'm gonna be in the park meditating. What would Jack say about that? He'd say, good God, Lemon. Locked and loaded. Say I do enjoy the phrase pig sweepings. <laughs> Something I haven't heard <laughs> locally before. Locally sourced. Locally pig sourced sweepings. pig sweepings. That's even better. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's some fun visual jokes in here too. Of, uh, when Devin is introduced, he's he mouths hi Jack because you know Jack's going to be watching. Uh, and then Chris's current truck van is Manhattan hot dogs, but the sliding door once it's open just reads as man hogs. Of course, not not a great look when you're telling children to get into your van and things like that um but also i was noticing so the cheery upbeat attitude of liz lemon from the first episode of this season is long gone like she's right back to that badger face liz lemon that we've known for the previous five seasons well um, but it's just the turn was so quick that it's right. like i mean um, in the end you get back to your to to, to yourself, I guess. Even if even yeah. if there's temporary changes in the end, like. I mean, she's got a reason to be like stressed and annoyed, yeah. but it still is like, man, where'd that cheery Liz Lemon go from two episodes yeah. ago? But I mean, it's true though. That, I mean, but part of the art of this episode is like that Jack's got inside her head. But it's, it looks like both are true. It's like Liz cares too much about what Jack thinks, but also mm-hmm. she is obviously clearly a little bit embarrassed by right. Chris. So it's like that I, I think you know that's why it's like because before she was just like oh like everything's great like, yeah, because and no then, she, then she started realizing like oh wait a second like uh you know here here's some drawbacks so she's she's losing herself yeah out. yeah and i don't think it's like one of those things of um someone revealing the flaw the flaws or faults in someone that you don't you didn't see them until they pointed out i think like she saw them all along but now that they're out in the open and she has the opportunity to be criticized by them from like jack that it's that it's weighing on her i don't think it's a matter of she didn't see them beforehand it's just she was able to keep them secret now she has to deal with them kind of thing um which is i mean it's a good character development because you don't really see that too often uh, in sitcoms and you definitely don't see that much in, in a show like 30 rock so it's a nice touch um but also i i i i, I was thinking when we were ending season five of how when you think about like the memes that have come out of 30 rock a lot of them really didn't come out of earlier seasons too much like there's the it's wednesday uh meme there's the high-fiving a million angels and things like that but like i know i've definitely seen the meme of if if you think the cardboard tab is keeping cereals fresh you're 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 an idiot or you're insane i mean she's not wrong it doesn't no, I mean, but it's like it's such a it's it's that's wait people like, think that though, but like that's just to like cl- close it where it fits. Why would it keep it fresh anyway? We don't need. To I mean, it. it's a, it's observational humor, yeah. obviously. No, I know, but I know, I, mean, I know, I know. Sorry, no, there, I, I, I mean, just haven't really thought about it. Obviously, some people do think that yeah. yes, closing the tab helps keep the freshness in. Um, and think I just I, but I, I've seen that one circulating a lot yes. in the meme. Like, I don't want to say community because I don't know. The meme sense. community? The, you know, the meme Also knows the internet. The internet, as one might say. Uh, also, did you notice we haven't had Jonathan 
in a while. He was in the first episode, but we, uh, oh. he's not in this episode. And I we, I finally learned why, because so Whitney was like a new NBC show. Oh. And he had uh, stepped off to I didn't realize he was on that. I didn't watch that. I didn't either. <laughs> it's news to me. It only lasted a season or two. Yeah, I don't it think last it lasted a full long. season. I remember the reviews were pretty terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Is it Whitney Cummings? Is that her name? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was just too traditional woman trying to have it all kind of set up that yeah i think it was a i think it was a if i remember correctly it was a it's like a multi-cam like yeah. laugh track or yeah. lunch or whatever types of come to which i mean i feel like in general like those are out of vogue but i feel like especially in around this time when there's like the heyday of office modern family 30 rock like yeah multi-cams like i mean obviously big bang was i guess still early on but still pretty popular but mm-hmm. it's like in two and a half minutes, I guess was was this in how I met your mother, but it's like this like they were still popular multicams, but I feel like in quote unquote like the the critic whatever highbrow mm-hmm. TV opinion, like multicams were like really really um, heavily criticized and scrutinized mm-hmm. and like just out of vogue, I guess. I mean, it really time. was like CBS was the only one that could really do multicam yeah. sitcoms and sort of do well with them. Because they're the only ones that kind of still do them now, right? Like, I mean, they had mom, they have moms who, or they don't have it anymore. But like, Working Girls, Two and a Half Men, Everybody's Love, Ra- Everybody Love Raymond, How I Met Your Mother. Like, they were pretty good about sitcoms of the last decade. Mm-hmm. And NBC obviously was really strong with a lot of those in the '90s and the early 2000s. But yeah, although ABC, like, so. Kira Sedgwick is on a new sitcom, like literally just starting ABC, and it's. I mean, I, I, I like watched five minutes of it, and it's like it was like which is really bad, but like it. I mean, it, but it was like it was. I mean, it was like a laugh track, like mm-hmm. throwback sitcom. And I was like, I mean, ABC, like I mean, I guess obviously still doesn't, but not nearly. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, and we're, in a way, it works that just because of you know Roseanne the original was like that so mm-hmm. it still kind of works I guess I mean I don't watch it but yeah um, but this, this just like felt that. like just like watching it just felt I don't know it felt dated I mean it was definitely a laugh track because I mean obviously then you know they didn't film it in front of the live audience because of the way it's pandemic yeah. but yeah I was just I don't know I was surprised like it, it just felt very dated and I mean I guess I don't know it was probably something that they had a script for that they liked that they could film cheaply so mm-hmm. they wanted to get on the air but. so you don't see it lasting I don't know, like, the, the ratings, the rating, I think, for the debut episode was, like, it wasn't, like, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't, like, I don't know, it's the sort of thing where if it, if it stays around that level, I mean, if it's cheap enough, it'll probably stick around, but it's definitely not the sort of thing that, um, I don't know, is going to be talked about much or appear on any year unless or anything like Call that. your mother? Yeah. Because I mean, because I mean, I, I mean, because here Cedric, I feel like is usually good stuff. She, I mean, she was really good in Brooklyn Nine Nine in her mm-hmm. in the recurring guest role, whatever you want to call it. There, yeah. so it's like, so she can be funny. So I was like, oh, I'll just check out just to see. But it was just like, it was just pain. I mean, I literally only did five minutes. So that's also not a fair shot. But like, I just I don't know. <laughs> it just it was too annoying to me. Anyway, in Jack's office, he meets with Devin uh, to see how he can stop him and this boycott of NBC. I'll have you know the last man who wore jeans in this office was named Theodore Wrangler. And Eubanks could not even carry his trademark floor-length suede cape. I was wondering when I'd hear from you, Jack. Do you know what comes up on my phone when you call? Where did you get that? The only copy of that photograph is in Stephanie Seymour's safety deposit box. 
You have bigger things to worry about, Jack. See, I've got you right where I want you. Really? You think you have leverage here? The news cycle is done with Tracy. They've moved on to a story about teenagers huffing other teenagers. Tracy's apologies have been accepted by GLAD, and I don't even know what organization you're here representing. We're new. We're called PEEN. And what is that an acronym for? Acronym? Okay, you've succeeded in annoying me and wasting my time, but your 15 minutes is up, and you've got nothing. Really? Nothing. See, that little Tracy Jordan gem that I leaked last night was just the tip of the iceberg, Jack. And NBC is the Titanic. The highest grossing movie of all time. The boat, not the movie, the boat. See, I've been following Tracy Stanner back for months now, and if any of this gets out, every protected group in America is going to be picketing this network. Enjoy. Good God. Oh, is this the one about how Asians act in the subway? I know, I almost threw up the first time I heard it. Oh, this one's fun. Starts out as a joke about our first Mexican president. My lord. And ends up as just a rant against women. Oh. No one can ever listen to this. So, it's interesting Jack cites Titanic as the highest grossing movie at this time because Avatar overtook that in 2009. I was just, I was wondering about that when Avatar came out because, uh, yeah. Because uh, obviously, right, it overtook it. Yeah. Um, so I'm just... Hmm. I guess people just forgot about Avatar, which they should <laughs> anyway, because the movie sucks, but... Uh, well, it doesn't suck. It's a fantastic use of technology, but the movie itself, in terms of plot and story, is ugh, generic and basic. Awful. Well, I wouldn't know. Well, I would say save you two and a half hours. Just, if you've seen Pocahontas, you've seen Avatar. Right. Dances with Wolves, you've seen Avatar. I have not seen Dances with Wolves. I never have either, but I've seen Pocahontas, so now I've seen Avatar. Well, then how do you, wait, wait then if you haven't seen Dances with Wolves, then how do you because know? Because it's the same basic premise of an outsider comes into a civilization that he's trying to overtake, and then he ends up well, siding with that. I know, I mean, it's a very basic premise, so it's not... Like, the, the fact that it was a highest-grossing movie, and it's such a basic premise that cribs off of a lot of other movies... Well, Titanic was a movie with just a retelling of a historical event. I mean, does I mean what? Yeah, but at least it had some difference in its storytelling rather than just being like a boat sinks and uh, you know, like there is like character development, character growth between Leonardo DiCaprio and what's her Kate name? Winslet. Kate is that her? I know it's a Kate, but I couldn't remember. Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet. Yeah. I don't know, and I, I don't think that Titanic is one of the best movies of all time. I do think it's a good well, it doesn't matter, movie. but I mean, it's high, I mean, highest grossing and best is two totally different things. No, it's not. Because everyone knows the more money something makes means the better it is. Just that like is the ratings. True. The better that it is. Well, if it, if it makes no money, then then I mean, it doesn't, yes. If it, if it doesn't make any money, then it, no one sees it, so it's hard to... The Lion King is the number seven highest grossing movie of all time. Yes. The remake? Yes! Ugh. And I mean, that's what. But that's an idea. Remember, that it came out. I remember, I remember it came out the same year as Endgame. Yeah. And like, I remember thinking, well, I actually may have talked about it. I remember thinking that if it was good, like it could actually outgross Endgame. And like, it wasn't apparent. I mean, I didn't see it, but the reviews were like really harsh, and it still made a lot of money. But I'm saying, so that's I'm why saying I still just think because it, it makes the most money doesn't make it good. I didn't say it did. I said it did. I didn't say that it did. Anyway, Disney owns like. 80% of the highest grossing films of all time. That sounds about they right. Avatar, The Old Avengers, Star Wars, Avengers, Lion King, Avengers, 
and frozen. frozen. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Although, I it's think Gone with the Wind, if you were just from yeah, Inflation, Gone with the Wind is still, still, it's still by far the biggest. Um, yeah, Avatar is still number two on that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's wild looking at the highest grossing films and just seeing like so many have become in the last 10 years have overtaken a lot yeah well it makes sense because like the movie business in a way has moved to the model of huge blockbusters mm-hmm. and like small indies and there's far fewer like mid yeah. range mid budget films because it's like they they put a lot of their resources into the you know the big blockbusters yeah. that make the most money so and it also helps like they've also started catering a lot of heavily to the Chinese market but also they've catered to a lot of more of the world to help get that foreign box office too yeah because i mean definitely the average the like the transformers did really well in uh, chinese markets and things like so they like michael bay would actually in, like input additional shots to cater to them and yeah. i think disney did the same thing for a couple of the iron man and i think some of the avengers movies they did additional scenes to cater yeah. to that audience yeah right i mean plus like right the so the marvel series is like i mean the whole point of that was an ongoing plotline so that just, in addition to just being superhero blockbuster movies like there was like a reason to see all follow of if yeah. not all of them at least you know the mid-adventures ones and some of the more prominent ones and i mean same thing with star, i mean star wars is you know one of the biggest yeah. ips ever and a continuation of that you know what i mean so right it's it's i don't know yeah so it's blockbusters but it's also like there's a reason like we're talking about like dedicated fan bases too mm-hmm. that i guess like with that yeah. Also increases the reason to De- see them. dedicated to a fault. Yeah. Because it's a lot of toxic well, fan bases too. But yes. Anyway. Anywho. <laughs> what do you want? Money? A job? This isn't a business play, Jack. I mean, what's the point? After going head to head with you for the last five years, I've ended up as a house husband in Brooklyn. You won, Jack. So what do you say? I've given up trying to beat you in the boardroom. But there are still things I can make you do. All right, you can watch me shower, but no touching. No touching just makes it hotter. No, I'm after bigger game than you. See, you're a very influential man, Donaghy. You can pull strings in the kinds of venerable institutions that still reject creeps like me. I want you to get my triplets into preschool. At St. Matthew's. Thanks. That's impossible. Just last year, they rejected one of St. Matthew's actual descendants i know i heard that during her interview she turned the class hamster into a dove good luck i never knew that not any thoughts there no i did i mean that his story also is just like (sighs) well it picks up where we left left off these last where we left off last time we saw him was he was trying to get back in the corporate game, but then he realized he was too attached to his family. So now it's like, it's actually, a, you know, a, it makes sense as a continuation where he used yeah. to be cutthroat about getting ahead in the corporate world. Now he's cut, now he's turned his cutthroat energy to making his family family and his children, you know, get the ahead. Next, yeah, the and, next big thing yeah. over his own, so, over Jack's daughter. So he's keeping the same energy, just turning it towards, you know, what is more important to him now. So okay. Still vindictive. Well, of course, as as we talked about with Liz, that eventually you'll you'll revert to uh, your your innate characteristics. I guess that's true. I mean, I guess it's a refreshing way on the character 
to rather than just him continuously fighting for a corporate job. He's now right. Well, so he had an epiphany yeah. about his family, but like he's still a skeeving, a skeeving, a scheming, conniving person. So it's yeah. like he's just devoting his energy to advancing, like you know, the interests of his family. You know? Yeah. So, so while the best friends gang uh, determines what they can do with Pete. Um, uh, Kelsey Grammer comes up with the idea of having a one-man show where he plays Abraham Lincoln to distract everyone in the uh, studio while Jenna and Kenneth clean up. Uh, meanwhile, the uh, idiot um, posse? Uh, idiot Brigade. Idiot Brigade uh, outlines their plans uh, for what they desire from Liz Lemon and NBC. I will make a brief statement on behalf of the idiot community. And I will open the floor for questions. Since its founding early this afternoon, the National Association for Zero Intolerance, or Nazi, we should change that. It's fine. We are outraged that the American bigot Liz Lemon has made no effort to reach out to us. Tracy, are you kidding me? I have been calling your cell all day. My ringtone is a chicken dance. If I answer it, I won't hear the whole song. I have to go talk to Jack right now. Wait for me in my office. Is there anything you would like to add? These microphones look like black ice cream cones. Thank you all for coming out. That microphone looks like a white ice cream cone. It sure does. Yeah. No, I think I love that joke. Because especially when it comes back to that the, my ringtone is the chicken dance if I answer it. <laughs> I just imagine him getting a call like in the middle of a conversation and just starting to do the chicken dance. So. That's so silly. So does he just never answer his phone then ever? I guess not. And we heard his voicemail, so... That's true. Hmm. I wonder how many lost voicemails he has. I mean, he's probably all filled up if he never answers the phone. Yeah. It's out of space. Wait. Yeah. No more contacts for him. He learns how to text. That way he can communicate and still get his full ringtone. Yeah. And that Nazi joke, kind of a different... Kind of different modern light can't really joke about yeah. Nazis. I mean, it's not that. I mean, it's not that. I mean, at least there's I mean, it's kind of lame, but I, I to yeah. me, but it's equally as that is, is it... Yeah. And at least they, they draw attention to it to say, like, yeah, that's maybe not the yeah. best idea. But even Denise Richards is just like, yeah, it's fine. It's like, yeah, is it? I don't think it is. But in Jack's office, uh, Chris tries to rescind the check. Jack, I'm giving you your money back. You can't tear up my checks, Chris. They're printed on Nixon's old bedsheets. Look. I don't understand your relationship with Liz. She's my subordinate friend. Well, she's my girlfriend, and I'm not going to let you get in between us. No, it's a little late for that. You're not going to want to hear this, but I am officially disapproving of you. Well, I'm sorry, but I really don't care what you think. That's really not how things work around here, Chris. Damn it, Chris! Stop talking to him, it's a trap! You said I won. You said you wouldn't ask any more questions about Chris. I said I wouldn't ask you any more questions. Semantics! You had no right to come to my home to trick Chris to rearrange my bathroom. For the better? Yes, the basket of shells was a nice touch. But I'm afraid I have bad news. I just told Chris that I am officially disapproving. Oh, no. Who cares? Of course, you're free to make your own decisions, Lemon. You can either pretend that you and I are not in agreement and continue this, uh charade or you can part ways with chris now and go and find someone who will truly make you happy i'm sorry is this guy breaking up with me of course you and chris can still be friends okay liz i guess you got a choice to make you can listen to jack we can call it quits and i go back to sleeping on the floor of my uncle's mattress store you don't or... understand he's in my head okay forget jack what does liz think hmm what do you want do you want to be with me or not don't look at me 
Ask her. I don't know, Liz. It's gonna go wrong eventually, right? I mean, I like him, but what are we doing here? Really? This is how you see yourself? Of course, I pick you, Chris. If you would just address some of the issues that we as a group have been talking about. Unbelievable. Well, I have to go get a bunch of gabies into preschool before we all get sued, so, uh... Well done, Poor Chris. He, his, his uncle won't even let him sleep on a mattress. <laughs> oh, I didn't get that joke. You're right. Oh, he has to sleep on the floor. Well, those mattresses have to be in pristine condition for the customers that... Doesn't even have a spare old out-of-stock one that they could just put in the bathroom for him. Poor mm. Chris. How many, how many mattresses do you think there are in New York City? I mean, like, if you, I, the joke around us is there's far too many just in a yeah. small section. I feel like it's probably an everywhere thing, so... Yeah. I mean, it's been a while since we've been in New York, and I guess I've never really paid attention to mattress stores there, but I probably a lot. Yeah. But there's like seven around us. Well, maybe six now since that one burnt down. But was self arsoned probably. Probably. Allegedly. Alleg- yeah. Some people are, people are saying. Yeah, someone's someone's saying that. Um, what I guess like also the the I guess like I don't maybe I don't fully understand like Jack's motivation here and like I know he's trying to protect Liz but at the same time like Chris doesn't come off as like a skis or a scumbag or he's trying to take advantage of her so no like, but he comes off as kind of like losery like Jack yeah. just thinks that like I mean to me it's like I mean he's like a slightly more evolved version of Dennis you know what I mean where it's like he has like all these ideas and they generally haven't come to fruition so I think Jack sees it as just not good enough for Liz who I mean who was an accomplished like you know corporate professional woman so you know she keeps she's going for another guy who's kind of just like a little low layabout yeah you know who has ideas but never you know hasn't seemed to actually executed anything yet but also i mean yeah i mean that's fair but i mean it's it's pretty judgmental of jack to judge it so quickly but because jack being judgmental no i know but i mean like i don't believe it dennis before he made up his mind about dennis like here he'd only met chris once and was already like ah and then I guess I guess like you see how happy he makes Liz. Why would you want to take that away from her? I don't know. Like, it's I feel like his his motivation because he thinks she's really happy. He thinks that she thinks she is right now. But is. in the end, it'll all unravel. Like and he's all just the other trying to cut yeah, to the cut exactly. to the end part. Okay, it's very in character for him. I think from my it is in character, but I just feel like it's 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 so fast that it's like well, I feel like we're missing a couple of beats. Well, he's seen but, so many at this point. He's just like, okay, this one's not going to work. Move on. Yeah, but he was never the same way about. Any of the other ones. Like, he liked Floyd. Floyd was kind of a suck-up, but he liked Floyd. Did he... I guess he liked Matt Damon's character. He never met Dr. Baird. I'm pretty sure he would have torn Dr. Baird up. Dr. Baird wouldn't have known that he was being insulted, but... uh, hmm. What about Michael Sheen? I mean, Wesley Snipes. That was the actor. Wesley Snipes. I don't Wesley think he met Wesley Snipes. I don't think he did, even though they were at three weddings together. I don't think they ever had an interaction with one another. Wesley. So at lunch, uh, Devin and Jack run into the uh, president of the board of the St. Matthew School to ask a favor of letting Devin's uh, gabies uh, on the waiting list uh, of the prestigious school. Um, but they're apparently still waiting on a donation from the Geis Fund, so that calls into question Kathy Geis, who uh, has a favor to ask of Jack and Devin. Kathy, are you ready to come out now? 
There she is. Hey, you. Hey, bunny. Kathy, I know this is a lot to take in, but your father made a promise to my friend, so what can we do to get that check right now? And that's why I'm so thrilled to introduce NBC's new mascot, Majelica the Unicorn. It's wondrous. Uh, indeed. Back to you, Thomas. Okay. We now return to our coverage of that train derailment in California. So our peacocks and unicorns taking over NBC. So does that mean that their new streaming service should be called Unicorn? It's not worse than Peacock. Oh, I think it is. <laughs> I'm going to guess, yeah. I mean, they're both terrible names for a streaming service. We Peacock Comedy. We Unicorn Comedy doesn't have the same ring to it. It's just we Peacock Comedy. <laughs> that was, that's got to be the dumbest marketing campaign that I can remember from any network. Isn't that a joke in 30 Rock? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it's we've talked about it before. It, yeah. I mean, they joked about it. They joked about it, but it, it was re, it was it really became, NBC's tagline for yeah. like one season. Oh, I think it was a play on like we heart. You know, like using a heart as a symbol to say I heart this. So like, but it just doesn't work. No, because the peacock doesn't. Look like well, that. right? No, exactly. But I think I think that's what was playing because I feel like that was. Uh, I mean, around the time when like the the like I heart New York, like all that like I heart was used like frequently in the right, second. Yeah. I mean not that it isn't now but it's like that was like yeah. when it really was so uh, to me it was always just like a play on that like, but, of, like we heart they, comedy we peacock comedy but they were saying we peacock was yes. it yeah so that's the problem is yes. you just said we show a peacock right <sighs> and not not any nuclear physicists who were helping decide on that uh, no and there decision. were no nuclear 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 they need a Denise Richards. Speaking of which... And idiots can do anything we put our minds to. I played a nuclear psychiatrist in a James Bond movie. Look, what do I need to do to make this go away? I want you to call my phone so I can hear the chicken dance again. And I want the video for my new single to play on TGS this week. La piscine. J'adore la piscine. Towels, sunscreen, bathing suits, diving boards, and towels. Those ladders. Towels. Can you make it 16 minutes long? We're short this week. I'll try to cut it down. But above all, we want you to recognize who we are as a community. Idiots aren't just strippers or stay-at-home moms. Idiots are all around us. I couldn't find a Lincoln hat, so I grabbed this chimney sweep hat instead. Anyone notices? We're dead. So it would mean a lot if you apologize publicly, Liz Lemon. Let the healing begin. And since you wrote my apology, we went on ahead and wrote yours. Careful. Careful. Sorry, nuclear psychiatrist, not nuclear physicist. That would have been too close to the correct uh, job title, yeah. I guess. Which but, one is that? Tomorrow Never Dies? I or Die Day After Tomorrow? I don't know, I'm not a Bond scholar. James Bond. Bond scholar. Come on, Sorry. Guys. Get it right. Also, I think the lock scene ended up like unintentionally being a case of life entertaining art because I think that's supposed to be a parody of like a real housewives person type single. And like Denise Richards was on Real Housewives like years after this. Like it's in the past few years she was on there, I think, but it was after this. So it's like it's funny that I'm pretty sure that was supposed to be a parody of it and like she actually ended up being one like 
eventually. Uh, yes, she played Christmas Jones, Doctor Christmas Jones in 1999's World is Not Enough, James Bond movie. Mm. But she has a reputation of being a, bond, a bad Bond girl. I'm sorry. So, well, not bad. She's not convincing enough in her, in her nuclear, nu- nuclear, nuclear psychiatry. Nuclear, I guess not. Hmm. I think that's the one of the James Bond films I just haven't seen. That's the garbage. Did is the one that did that theme song, right? Uh, sure. The world. I think so. It was like it was. It was in the nice like one of them was Cheryl Crow and one was garbage. I think world was not enough. Tina Turner did. She did. Um. Oh. Uh. uh Golden I think that's right. Yeah, I think Golden is. In Cheryl Crow, so world's not enough, and there's tomorrow. Tomorrow never dies. Maybe that's the Cheryl Crow one. Yes, written okay. by Garbage. Man, they were hot for like a year, and then they just never really. They're still around. I mean, they're still around, but they weren't. They've never reached the same peak. Um, so tomorrow never dies. Shell for that was the previous year. Oh no, that's her discography. I don't remember discography. Yeah, and then Golden Eye was Tina Turner in '95. Was that? Oh man, that was the Madonna. Madonna and, is Madonna, yeah. And then that was uh, Chris Cornell and then Jack White. Oh, that was the 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 Jack White Alicia Keys one. That is one of the worst, if it's not the bad. worst. I think it's, Skyfall it's, stands is one of the, one of the better ones. Yeah, Skyfall is definitely at the top for me too. And then the Sam Smith is not <laughs> as bad as the Alicia Keys Jack White one, but it's also not near the top. Yeah. And then has. I yeah, feel like the Billy Eichmann, I feel like it's out. come out, and I feel like I've listened to it, but I don't remember anything about no, it. No, I, I definitely didn't give it a chance, but yeah, it well, came out. Well, it's weird because the, movie was, pu- the movie was pushed, they still, the single still came out anyway, but it's like, I feel like when that movie eventually ever comes out, like then it will... It'll probably get a resurgence. We'll, we'll hear it more and yeah. Yeah, remember what it sounds like. Is it, is it, is it still TBD? I think it was just it pushed was... again, because it was supposed to be spring, and I feel like mm-hmm. I just read they pushed it to It was originally summer, April of 2020. Yeah, and they pushed it to fall. Yeah, and I they pushed it this spring, and then yeah, and now I think they've just pushed again to late summer or fall. I mean, I don't, like the Bond movies are fine, but given that basically everything else that's a big budget movie is just like given up and like yeah, we'll do theaters and streaming at the same time, is there a reason that that's the one? Honestly, I think out? it's the same reason why Disney is holding Black Widow for theaters. Like, it's a big part of it's, it's a part of a big series that like is going to make a lot of money and i mean obviously there are some movies that have gone streaming that would have made money but it's like i don't know like to me like putting james bond state to streaming like possibly sets a precedent for that franchise that might yeah. not i mean clearly isn't what they want to do in the long run otherwise they would have put on streaming by now but yeah just true. could set a bad precedent for it and so. i don't think there's been a i guess like wonder woman is like the biggest example of like it did good numbers but has there been a really big successful streaming? streaming? No, I mean that's not even the biggest. And like I'm reading a lot now that people are speculating that the reason why they sent it to streaming instead of holding it was because obviously, I mean because they wanted to promote HBO Max, but also because they knew that the word of mouth was, was not going to be strong? great. So better to go ahead and use it for that aim, yeah. and then instead of holding it for theaters and having people be disappointed that way. So yeah, but at the same time, I don't know if word of mouth still stops people from going to see movies like i think they'll still go but i think it's i mean because it's easier to just stay at home and watch a movie than it is to want to go out pay much more than you ever would for a streaming service to see a movie for at least two people and things like that i don't know 
but yeah, I I think I think they they made the right move with Wonder Woman of doing theatrical and streaming. I mean, I've heard more people talk about HBO Max in the last month than all before that since it launched. Because I mean, not only that, but I mean, because you know, all the movie previews for twenty twenty one, people are talking about the movies that are going to go straight to HBO Max now. That yeah. Did they finally work all that out? Because I know there was a lot of people like upset. I know the Dune, TBD, uh, I guess, Dylan Nueva, Dylan Villeneuve, yeah, yeah. I know he wasn't super keen on that because, like, apparently a lot of people did not know that that was happening until HBO right. released the statement that that was the case. Uh, I know the King Kong Godzilla is right now scheduled for spring uh, to do streaming and theatrical, which I'm hyped for that. I'm, I'm all like for some Godzilla King Kong goodness. Um, but yeah I mean there had so I've read speculation that they might reverse decision on some movies like there's a good chance Dune will go back to a primary theater primarily theater release and be held from streaming but I guess nothing nothing has been officially announced or changed since that announcement so it's still TBD I guess yeah but I mean you know but still I mean still that is the plan until anyone says otherwise I guess Dude looks cool, and I like the. I I don't want to butcher his name again, but I like the director. I like Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and um, did he do Arrival? Was he Arrival? What's the other one with? So there's Arrival, and then there's the one with like the four ladies that go into. Oh yes, so Arrival is Villeneuve. You're thinking of um, uh, Annihilation, which is um, the ex Mac and the guy who I can't think of right now. Yes, yes. Um, Both both are really good. Both are really good, but I always mix them up because they both start with A and they came out around same time. Yeah, yeah. Arrival was cool, and Blade Runner 2049 was super cool and good. Uh, So yeah, I'm excited for Dune. Although I think we talked about it, but. Like trying to read that book, like they just throw you into that world and they don't really explain any of it, and it's just it's dense. I couldn't really get through like the first thirty pages. I was just like, I need to, I need to be in a better mindset to start reading this. So I don't know if I'll pick it back up or not. It's just, it's a lot. They just expect you to get it. Anyway, well, because um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's just some like, books are like that. You have it's, to, but it's I like, mean, it's really like no, I, and I, that's fine. And there's like. 10 other novels based in the world that can help fill in those gaps but it's just like it's like reading harry potter and starting in book five it's like which is i think i think the most boring of that series but it's like starting there and then they just expect you to fill in the gaps with the limited information that they're giving you and it's just like i don't like this kind of storytelling but that's just me anyway liz uh liz is ready to make her apology to the idiot community I used an offensive term to describe a group of people who made America the great continent that it is today. These kick-ass people have given the world countless bodacious things like the birther movement, intelligent design, water parks. No, I will not endorse water parks. They are a cesspool of disease and people boo you when you walk back down the stairs. You know what you people have given the world? Girls Gone Wild, the Golden Globes, cans that tell you how cold beer is, Florida, Bratz dolls. Oh, I get it. She's naming awesome things. No, listen to me. Because of you, there may be an Entourage movie. Hold it off, ma'am! Turtle, turtle, turtle. You know what? I give up. 
You should know better. But no, you're just going to keep on riding motorcycles, having unprotected sex, and voting against free health care. You will make the same self-destructive decisions over and over, and you will never really be happy, and your jaw will hurt all the time. Oh, look at you. Perfect little wiener dog. You just need a little mustard on you like that. And a little bun, just boom, like that. <laughs> no one will make you Deutsche pancakes. I'll welcome you home smelling of hot dog water and onion. Or let you break out of jail when you play Monopoly. And I read this crazy article about how basically QAnon used like wellness influencers to advance the whole thing because it was like it started with just because it's easier for influencers their whole thing is like wellness and yada yada. It's easy for them to like slip in like like QAnon friendly language about mm-hmm. like trust the trust the process or whatever they say and like you know what I mean that the, there's something you know whatever like the child welfare and like I don't know just like basically a lot of influencers have fallen in the movement and like they, they they're the ones who still aren't being banned from like social networks and parlor because they're advancing the messaging it's in a way that's like parlay oh really that's what I learned too well, I mean I guess I it is I mean that is I guess yeah. that is French oh great because parlay that's French for for speak. But, um, anyway, um, I wonder how many ups would be upset to know that it's pronounced parlay, yeah. knowing that it's a French word as much as I hate French people. I guess, I just thought it was a play on, like, parlor, like, people sitting in a parlor exactly. and talking I, about That's stuff. what I always thought it was, yeah. too. Okay. But I guess it works either way. Anyway, yeah. I, wow. I'm sure I, it's uh, probably pronounced parlor. I mean, I, I bet most I people who used to pronounce it yeah. parlor. I mean, but also, like, if you're reading it phonetically, yeah, you and and that it's written in English, you would just assume it's pronounced parlor. Yes. Anyway. Well, also, I assume that social network usually primarily used for like far right hate talk wouldn't use a foreign language to name yeah. their for a different word for no. their service. Anyway, um, where did we leave off? Oh, was the apology? Um, no, I, I think you're right. Though I mean, before all the say all of the influence stuff, I mean. Well, who one of the Jenners or Kardashians said something about chemtrails and that became a thing. Like even if that was just like a pa- in passing thing of her saying that, it be- it became a conspiracy now because right. just the which I think goes back to something we were talking about a couple of weeks ago of just how much influence we give people in those positions, like how much power we give them over idiots, just over people in general that it can be damaging and detrimental more than it can be effective. Um, but anyway. And this is, I mean, this is before, I mean, obviously Facebook existed mm-hmm. in 2011, but it's like, I wonder what like 30 Rock could have done with like social media because I mean, in a way, like the stuff they're making fun of here has like been amplified by social media the last 10 years. And it's like, they weren't really around when, I mean, what it's 30 Rock what in 2013. So fa- Facebook was available for everyone by then, right? Because Facebook oh, went, because... Yeah. It was like 2010, 2011, where it went from just being college students to being... Uh, I think a little bit earlier than that. I think. I could be wrong. Well, I, so I signed up, I remember, in no, 2009. No, it's, it's definitely been more than that. Cause, um, well, because I mean, because I, for... I'm sorry. No, I'm thinking 2005 when I joined. So you're yeah, right. Yeah, you're right. It would have like been more than that. Yeah, yeah. 7, 2008, I yeah. think it, was, it became a little bit more... Or it became a wider spread of right. social media. Yeah, you're right. So, okay, so, so it happened a few years at this point, but yeah. I, I feel like not in the way we think of 
in terms of really being used for like disinformation and no, like, very self-selected like bubbles. Like, it was sort of that way, but like not, yeah, not, not really the way we think of it. Yeah. Now. No, I feel like a Thirty Rock storyline would be like uh, one of the characters saying something to the Siri and then Siri posting that onto their social media. Yeah. Like that would be sort of the the storyline that they go with. Like, I mean, I can see a storyline of like Jenna saying like super offensive things on Twitter and like she loves it because like like she right. says super offensive things because it gets her attention. So it's like I mean that would be a bit, I that's her, that's essentially the storyline she's going with. Her American, American skits, 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 yeah, yeah. 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 Is she just being mean? Yeah. for the sake of the attention so she's purposely tweeting controversial or like yeah, but whatever things says something to, a little yeah. bit too far yeah that causes a bigger backlash that she has that Liz has to now handle yeah I can see that we just wrote a 30 rock episode hooray give us money Tita Fey so with Jack ready to give up uh, to Devin Banks and um, admit defeat he gets some very rarely uh, this happens but he gets some good advice from Tracy You know what? I forgot to press the floor again. Hey, what's up, Jackie D? In a lot of ways, you and I had similar upbringings. Terrible schools, broken homes. Thinking basketball was the ticket out, being wrong. At some point, our paths diverged. I went on to Princeton, business school, GE, and beyond. And look at me. I spent all day creating a movement just to get back at Liz Lemon. <laughs> I said creating a movement. <laughs> the point is that excellence can come from anywhere. It's the same with stupidity. In this country, anyone could be the next Jack Donaghy or the next Denise Richards. This room is moving. Thanks. What are you still doing here? Husband was supposed to pick me up at six o'clock, but he could be such an idiot. Uh, I'm sure he can. Where did you go to school, Devin? I had the best education in the world. Private kindergarten, where I got straight check marks. Experimental boarding school in Carmel, where the students teach the teachers, and the teachers teach animals. You're abroad on an all-male catamaran, then on to Northwestern, where I majored in confidence. I had every educational advantage, Jack, just like my children will. But I beat you. What? I beat you. I came from nothing, but I caught up and I crushed you. Just like Liddy's gonna crush your sons. She's already sorting objects by shape and color. At 11 months, I don't think so. She can count to 10 if you say seven for her. She gets five at night. She can say five words. So? In Mandarin. They put her with the toddlers in her singing and clapping class at Fun Factory. She's in the orange group? She's already out of the Piaget sensory motor stage. That's impossible. She scored a 62 on the object permanence matrix. But that's an adult score. And did I mention? She's using the body. Surely just for wee wee. See you in 30 years, Banks. Both of them neglect the white privilege that also helped them get to where they did, so. That's true. That's true. But their kids will also have that. Well, Libby One will. I think Devin, Devin's kids are all adopted and they were, weren't they? Uh, no, they, they weren't adopted. They were... Oh. I'm pretty sure he makes the joke that we mixed the. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're the right. specimens yeah. together, so you couldn't tell. Right. That's yeah. right. So they're they're biological, and they're mixed race. Right. So that's always a leg up. Diversity. Sure. <laughs> Oy vey. Um, but I, I but, like that but, turn in the story that Jack realizes that 
even though Liddy's still going to have a silver spoon in her mouth and the fact that she's not going to have the leg up in a well, prestigious school, like she's still going to do well. Yeah, also I feel like there are public schools in New York that are known for being the quote-unquote good public schools that, because I, I feel like you hear about like people who want to live in specific neighborhoods and specific districts because, I mean, well, that happens everywhere, but like specifically in New York, if you want... Basically, if you want to have the angle of saying your kids went to public school, but still making sure they go to a school that is, you know, a very good school, like, right. I, you know what I mean? Like, that's basically what Lee's doing. It's not like she's going to, uh, you know, uh, to a to a public school in a disadvantaged neighborhood where, right, there's, you know, the classes are huge. 40 students to one teacher. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, in a way, like, she's, I mean, she's... I mean, just by the wealth of her parents, like, she's not coming right. from nothing. So, I mean, it's kind of a little disingenuous, too, to, like, I mean, it, right, it is true that Jack grew up poor, and he did still achieve, you know, whatever, now yeah, all this success he's achieved, but, yeah. She's already... Liddy's I mean, starting from a lot more... Yeah, she's starting with uh, already yeah. a good head start on every, on on people that weren't, that, you know, that were in Jack's shoes as a kid are already going to be five years behind just because... Of, the, of her privilege she's born with yeah. Yeah. so it wouldn't be that surprising for her to catch up to the kids going no. to the to the and of course he's going to use school. nepotism to make sure she's taken care of so it's like you want to cheer it but then you start thinking about it and you're just kind of like no she's she's going to be fine she's not going to have to struggle in her life too much so it's not really an award like, she'll probably grow up to be an artist slash socialist because mm-hmm. just to piss her yeah, dad just, off yeah daddy issues uh, but uh, in our final moments um, Liz and Chris uh, have reconnected and Jack uh, gives Chris his blessing it's already like turning so I feel like I still have to turn it <laughs> oh, oh my god mustard just came out my oh. nose oh, it's burning the backs of my eyes oh. alright I gotta go back to work Bye. okay alright Oh, it's burning my face now. <laughs> All right. I'm putting you on probationary approval. Okay, I don't really care. I'll tell you what changed my mind, Chris. The conversation I had with Tracy Jordan. You see, greatness can come from anywhere. So if a poor boy from Boston can become me, maybe you could become a suitable sex partner for Liz Lemon. You got three months. But your opinion doesn't matter. You have no say in this. Liz, there's something wrong with Pete. Oh, my God! I don't know what happened. Pete, I have been out there putting out fires all day while you've been hiding in here doing this? You're disgusting. No, no, I I was... I didn't... I... Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer did this to me. Really, Pete? Kelsey Grammer made you do this while he was performing his one-man show about Abraham Lincoln? Ugh. Here's to another successful operation by the Best Friends Gang. (laughs) Hang on. I didn't notice before with all the excitement, but I look incredibly beautiful. The lighting is back to normal. Both of us need to be on, woman. The bulb wasn't even broken. None of this was necessary. (laughs) 
None of this was necessary. That kind of sums up that that subplot in this yeah, episode. Thank you, Kenneth, for explaining the story. Yeah, I'll say it. it uh, changing uh, gears quickly, like how Chris, like well, actually, but what ends up distinguishing Chris from a lot of other of Liz's suitors is that he truly doesn't care what Jack thinks. Like he's just like he goes about, he's doing what he's doing, and like he realizes that it's like ridiculous for Jack to care, and he doesn't even try to impress him. Like right. so he so like in a way like it disproves like Jack's vision of his flight because he's, I don't know, like he has the self-assuredness to like just do what he wants in right. the situation and not care what Jack thinks, because you know, and just like to like discount his opinion. So Yeah. Like, yeah, he never once bartered or tried to, like, I mean, not that Dennis ever did either. Like Dennis was pretty lackadaisical, but he was really more selfish in it. Whereas like Chris is just like, yeah. I've got nothing really to lose. Uh, or, and, and like I don't need your validation in any reason because Liz and I are happy so it's it's a good character um, and I think I think there's a telling obviously sign with that with Jack if he's walking away like he's like smiling he seems like he knows like she's going to be in good hands and things like that so that's nice that's nice so yeah I guess like also this all takes place in one or two days like yeah but that's also like the, the framing's weird because we started off last episode with the cold open of Kelsey Grammer walking in saying, hey, something's wrong with Pete. And we obviously end this episode with that scene playing out. But I don't know. I guess the break in that there was a week between episodes and there's no time signifiers to really let you know that where things are taking place, that it's kind of hard to remember that it is like a two-day event. Even though Tracy, you know, mentions, I just spent all of today making Liz Lemon look like a creative movement like things like i don't know i just i feel like they could have spliced in a couple of time cards like you know monday 3 15 tuesday like just to show that it took place over two days rather than doing like a really disjointed jump around i mean i feel like we've talked about that like they've done that a lot like there's been things that right so i've seen to simultaneously take place in one day but also over multiple days based on characters yeah. like coming in for like scenes of their house of sleeping and then coming the next day but it's still the same day so yeah just i think i mean no, no. but the, like this they, one, they always play fast and loose with time i guess yeah but this one like it's pivotal to the plot and it's pivotal to like the storylines so i feel like just throwing in a couple of seconds of time frames would have helped some of the story flow a little bit better because like episodes in the past where it takes place in a week span of time there hasn't been too much hinging on that like there was no mm-hmm. there was no timer there was no countdown that you need to know what day something is happening on whereas this it feels like just it needed to be said that like events started on a friday ended on a sunday or something like that just to help make it a little bit clearer because yeah anyway uh final thoughts on idiots are people three now i have to say on first viewing like watching the whole thing through the the best friends gang storyline i think kind of like when we just watched it now we cut almost it all out cut almost all of it out and the episode flowed better so i think mm-hmm. maybe just like that subplot seemed both so pointless to me to track on the whole episode because like cutting it out actually like you know at the beginning i said that it was kind of met episode but like actually the parts that we watch now you know the other 16 minutes or whatever 15 minutes were actually like i thought it was actually not that bad so yeah i think it was just that plotline was just kind of it just seemed to me it was just so uninteresting that it, it detracted from everything else yeah but, like it's it's so absurd that it's like and and then the reveal at the very end was like that they never needed a new light bulb so the whole adventure was unnecessary and pointless and it wasn't even that like there's the extra joke of 
because the both light switches need to be on. Then it just becomes, right. well, now this is stupid because it's not funny. It's stupid because, like, how long has she been in that dressing room that she should know that both light switches need to be on? Or Kenneth would know that, right. you know? Like, it's, then it just becomes a little bit, yeah. okay, now you're kind of stretching to make, make the silly plot work to be even sillier. Um, but I think, but maybe that's the writer's just admitting, like, yeah, we didn't know exactly what we were doing with this plot. We just kind of... We wanted Kelsey Grammer back, so we had to, yeah, we had to write something. Yeah, we wanted the best friends game, but we didn't know how to make it work. Yeah. And I guess it, it, in a way it is a fun fuck you to the audience, but I don't know many instances where you can do a fuck you to the audience and the audience really likes it. Like, I don't know. But no, I, I would agree. Same as last episode, like when you cut out the Pete, Jenna, and Kenneth storyline, like the episode is just much better, but it's also then reduced to a 15-minute episode. Meaning they could have just combined these two episodes into one and done an yeah. extended thirty-minute episode or something to to make it all work. Um, but anyway, yeah, I still like this episode. Just I didn't retain a lot of it or any of it until watching it again before recording. Any other thoughts before we say I do? Those ladders, towels. <laughs> That's all I got. La piscine. La piscine. J'adore. Um, La piscine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so our, our, our credits closing uh, segment is essentially it's just a bit of the stand, the one-man show of Kelsey Grammer as Abraham Lincoln, and we get a fun little Cheers reference at the end. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's weird that you have Kelsey Grammer and he's used so poorly because... Yeah, it's just kind of, it feels like kind of a waste of the character, but, um, but, uh, next week we have the ballad of Kenneth Parcell, wherein, as, uh, Jenna is getting even more infamy from her America's Kids Got Singing, uh, showcase, it's causing a rift between her and Liz, and Kenneth loses his job as a result of Jack eliminating the page program. <sighs> And then Tracy contemplates his own mortality after a misunderstanding results him in receiving no birthday presents. Oh, no. Yeah. But this episode, I'm super... Um, this is, like, since we started doing this, this is, like, one of the few episodes I've been looking forward to to getting to because there's a, there's a, there's a cameo from a wrestler, Nick Foley, um, who's part of Jenna's entourage. Her, it's him... Uh, a kid playing the Charlie Bit My Finger kid from YouTube and, the, and a third celebrity. But I've been wanting to talk about Mick Foley for a long time because that's the thing I was telling you earlier this week that I was like, um, there's a video that I want to show you that's like, I want to just get your reaction on because it's just going to be insane. I hope, I don't want to build it up too much, but I hope it's just going to be like, I know you're going to say like, oh my God, at least once. So I'm looking forward to that. Can't wait. Can't wait. Anyway. Um, so that is go to there. If you like what we're doing, rating and reviewing all that fun stuff, it's going to be the best way to help us out. Otherwise, we will see you next week in episode 107, uh, season 6, episode 4, entitled The Ballad of Kenneth Parcell. David takes out. See you next time. I've been successfully assassinated, but I have one last thing to tell my country. Blackbeard's gold is buried in... <laughs> I'm a ghost now, leaving behind my earthly possessions. 
And although I left my country divided by war, a civil war. So that's where that name came from. I know that future generations will forge a stronger country and that someday America will be a place where everybody knows your name. La Piscine. J'adore La Piscine. Towels, sunscreen, bathing suits, diving boards, and towels. Those ladders. Towels.